Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. God is a wonderful God. Like I said in the beginning, I'd like to start a series of messages concerning principles from Eden. Principles from the Garden of Eden. Sorry about that. I think it's okay. Have you ever been, like I had prayed there a little bit ago, have you ever been to uh, places in, of business and so forth, and at the end of it all, you might have spent a week of learning something new, and it was excited, but exciting, but when you came home, you just kind of concluded that we had really had nothing in common. Because our minds are different, our hearts are different, and there's, there's a different desire in me. I don't really care so much what goes on out there, but I care where God has placed me and that I would have an effect on where I am. And in this sometimes we find a place where we feel a bit uncomfortable and we feel that perhaps we don't fit in. And I would like to say this this morning in the beginning of the message that I thank you all for coming. I'm looking forward to the day when we can see so much diversity in this church. Diversity and diversity of every kind. And I bless that. I, I just, that's my heart. That's what heaven will look like. And so you're all welcome to be here and worship with us. Don't feel out of place. Hallelujah. Some years ago, I sat in an office. And in that office, there was about four different types of people. One I know was a, a very, modern pe- very modern person, a representative of a company. And another one was a local owner of, a, of a, another company, an Amish-owned company. And another one was sitting there that I knew that loved God. And I sat there and observing this, and I thought to myself, I wonder if God would take the covers off what we'd look like. And it didn't take very long, and I'm not trying to at all uh, indicate anything bad towards any religion or any kind in this message at all, but it didn't take long till the one that looked like he could have had the most humility already was using the name of God in vain. And I thought that's the way God sees this, and that's exactly how it was. And so when we take everything off of somebody, that's what God sees. And it's been a very deep challenge to me that we don't try then to make ourselves appear that God's blessing is on us or that we love God, but we do just as he asks us. Because you can hide everything. We should never try to do that. I find in that, in the beginning of this message, that I prayed, actually, I'm going to just read this little quote off that I, I prayed this morning when I got into my room. I said, I was asked the question, I believe it was from the Lord, why do you want to come to heaven someday? And then I just simply knelt there and I waited a while and I said, I don't know how to answer this. And then I said, I long to be together with those that understand being despised and rejected and misunderstood because I would fit in. 
I long to be where those people are because they love God. That I could be in the midst of a people like that for an eternity. And in saying that, I want to say it, I believe it was a question that God asked me, the Lord asked me, the Holy Spirit asked me this morning. And I said that because I find myself not fitting in anywhere. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? You don't really fit in anywhere. You know, I'm a businessman, but I know nothing about business. I'm a preacher, but I don't know anything about preaching. I'm a Christian, but I know so little about the Christian life. And I really find that I don't really fit in anywhere. I'm a father, but my children are all gone. I don't fit in anywhere. I live in a community. I walk in the world, don't fit in anywhere. And I conclude that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through like the writer wrote in a song. And in this, I wonder, and I don't want to make a sad story because I'm not sad. I'm exactly opposite. I'm extremely happy. I'm full of joy. But I have a burden to deliver to you today concerning a message that I believe will minister to your hearts. And this is found all the way back in the Garden of Eden when God meant it so well. And he looked down upon the earth and it was void and empty and it was a mix of mess. It was mud and water and it was air and everything. It was just a conglomerate of some kind of an object. And there was void there. And God never in all my lifetime that I know of that I've been reading this Bible has never looked back and complained about how that earth looked before he got here. He just made it better. And that's what he does in our lives. He doesn't complain how I used to be. He doesn't cl complain what I used to be. He just changes me. He changes me. And as long as I've been changed, he doesn't look back and say that you remember your past. He doesn't look to the earth and say you were cursed at one day. He changes it. And that's what God is for. So I want you to sit here today and enjoy this moment that God is not sitting here and looking back and frowning upon your past life. If he would be, I would not be here. But he changes us. He changed me. He changed you. And that's what God is all about. In the midst of this, God made two men, uh, two people. He made an Adam and he made an Eve. And in the midst of the garden, there was a tree. I believe perhaps there was hundreds and perhaps thousands of trees around. And God told Adam and Eve, they can eat of every tree, but there's one in the middle that I do not want you to eat. Because the moment you will eat, you're going to die. And where is it that you think that Eve ended up? Amongst all the trees that she could have eaten from, she went to the one tree finally at that place, and she stood there and she looked at it. And there's a voice came out of that tree and spoke to Eve and said like this. He said, are you supposed to eat of every tree in the garden? May you eat of everyone? And Eve said, there is one, but the one I'm looking at right now. And he said, well, you know, it, you may eat of this one too. God only knows that if you eat of it, you'll become like him. And he doesn't want competition. 
And what what the serpent did is she beguised herself behind the tree, and she thought it was a tree and the fruit that looked good, and yet it was a serpent, it was a Satan behind the whole picture. But because the fruit looked so nice and so good and so healthy and so wonderful, she forgot the source of what was spoken to her, and she ate of the tree not knowing that she sinned, and then she was naked, and then there was division, and immediately God looked to her, and she, he said to Adam and Eve, where are you? The next thing we know is he places cherubims at the garden, and he kept the sword somehow this way so that people would not have access to the tree of life and become as gods and live forever. So God put a sword, and this is what I want to start speaking about. The message today is enmity. It started in the garden. What is the reason that God would put enmity between eternal life and us humans? And this is the exact reason, because off of that tree that Adam and Eve ate from or off of, there was a knowledge of good and evil. This was the big problem with this tree. All the other trees were good, it says, but this one had good and bad, and God will never allow good and bad to mix because of his holiness. And so he set enmity. That's what enmity is. It makes us so that we cannot take good and bad off of the same tree. So he developed and he created enmity. So wherever you are and you're always perhaps tempted to eat of something forbidden from God, of the forbidden tree. Remember that you cannot grow good and bad off of one tree, nor can you eat good or bad off of one tree, nor can you have good or bad in your tree. God said in enmity, and it was God-given because he knew he had to do this to keep his holiness separated from unholiness. That's where he put in enmity. And we find ourselves in the middle of that. We have that enmity that God placed upon us and upon the seed, it says, upon the seed of Eve and also upon the serpent's seed. There's going to be conflict, it says, between the serpent's seed and the seed of Eve. There will be conflict. And in this conflict, we somehow become apologetic in our Christian experience and this is perhaps what has promoted me most to come to this message that I'm wanting to preach because it has been a burden. Why do we go into a restaurant and we say, apologize, but I do not do this? Or in the midst of a conversation between a very ungodly group of people when they're cussing and using the name of God in vain, and we say something like this, I'm sorry, but I cannot go along with that. Or we're always apologizing that we're Christians. We're always apologetic. And yet God made it so clearly that there is one tree we eat of and we never treat, uh, eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the problem he had with his tree. He said, that's a tree. It's a tree of knowledge and it's the knowledge of good and evil. And don't ever eat of it because I will not have you, my child, my friend, my own creation, the one that looks like me, my likeness and my image. I will never have you eat of one tree that has two things. You will only eat good or you will eat bad. Now, I would like to take that thought and bring it all the way down through this message that I want to bring to you today, and we'll end up back in the book of Revelation at the very end. 
So we'll start, and I will just quote these verses and read them in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. It was free, 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. God will never want you to eat good and evil from the same source, because really there is nothing like that. That defiles it all. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. I want you to read this verse with me if you can. Many people, in my understanding of this verse, many people read this wrong. Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee, thee being Satan, all right, and the woman being Eve, and between thy, thy being Satan, thy seed and her, Eve's seed. And then there's a unique word. It says, it shall bruise thy head, thy being Satan, or the serpent. And thou, the serpent, shall bruise his heel. I've heard this interpreted way wrong many times. I would like to go back to the word it and like to see that the word it simply, in my understanding, means enmity. So let's read it again. And I will put enmity between thee, he's speaking to the serpent, and the woman, and between thy, speaking to the serpent, and her seed, and it, the enmity, it shall bruise thy Satan's head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Now, in saying this, I would like to speak about this enmity. I believe this God instituted en enmity that God has placed to keep the Christian free from sin. Free from eating evil is a tremendous bruising to the head of Satan. It bruises him because he cannot penetrate that. He knows that that enmity keeps us from him. And we will not... Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.